Support for this episode comes from our friends at Bold, Shopify's largest app developer, with amazing apps that do cool stuff, like subscriptions and recurring orders, wholesale and VIP pricing, loyalty programs, upsells, daily deals, super advanced product options, and more. Plus, they have a special offer exclusively for unofficial Shopify podcast listeners. To get any of their apps free for 90 days, go to website rescues.com slash bold to get started. Uh, welcome back to the unofficial Shopify podcast. It's me again, Kurt Elster. Um, man, it's, uh, I mean, it, when this airs, it'll be after the fact, but in less than a week, I'll be getting married. So very exciting stuff here. Um, so if I'm more chipper, anxious, manic than usual, we'll assign it to wedding jitters. Um, <laughs> but so, you know, in many ways, that wedding has involved so much planning on my part that it's its own side project. And that's the topic. That's what I want to talk about today is side projects. And really, um, not so much that I love side projects and how important they are, but the fact that people don't respect them enough and give them, they're kind of dismissive of, of side projects. Um, and they're really missing out on some great opportunities. Um, case in point, this podcast. This podcast was a side project. I just thought, you know, we've got, you know, the resources to do it. You know, I have a microphone, a $12 Simplecast account, and um, and a, a business partner who who's great at editing them. So why not try it? So we did it for a year. Um, and then look back on it. You know, we didn't put our, didn't think about it too much, didn't promote it. Look back on it, and after a year, we had uh, close to 17,000 downloads, which was just incredible. Um, and now, you know, it's no longer a side project. It's like a, a real effort, um, and we're getting like 1,000 listeners a week, and it's just incredible. Um, and that's, that's we wouldn't have done it, like, had the experience, had we not just tried the side project. Um, and I've got tons of stories like that in my, my business life, personal life. I love side projects. Um, so today, joining me to talk about that is a, a delightful man um, who's given me a few side projects to do that have worked wonders for me, uh, Kier Whitaker. Hello. Hello, Thank Keir. you for having me. <laughs> My pleasure. Um, and Kier, you've had your own, uh, your own fair share of side projects in the past and the present, um, and, but presently you're the designer evangelist advocate at Shopify. What is the, your job title? It's something neat. Uh, yeah, designer advocate, um, working on the partners team. So that's the team that works with designers and developers, uh, helping them sort of grow their knowledge of the platform, uh, help them with their sort of Shopify-focused businesses. Yeah, and um, the, the Shopify partner team is like the overarching part of Shopify experts program, correct? Yes, so okay. uh, anyone can be a partner. Um, you can you can sign up uh, shopify.com slash partners, but uh, experts, people like yourself, are what I often describe as a kind of superset of partners, people that have uh, kind of gone all in, proved that they know what they're doing uh, with the platform and have got some uh, demonstrable you know sites, sh uh, stores out there. And uh, yeah, that's how you get into experts. It's kind of five, five stores, um, kind of uh, very subjective, reviewed. Um, we check out what you can do. Well, not me, my colleagues. Um, <laughs> who am I to say? Um, and then, uh, yeah, you can become part of experts. So it's like a, a superset of being a partner in a way. What's funny is my first Shopify project ever was, and really is because we were overly ambitious, we cut and coded a completely custom theme that I designed for a local store that was like the, the uh, Chicago's largest, maybe the Midwest's now, recumbent bike dealer um, oh, in wow. like 2010. 
um, so like many years ago. You're very early adopter. Yeah, and uh, Dan Evale, I, I think I'm saying his name right, who's in uh, in charge of that experts program, or as the time was, email like sent me an email. It was like, I saw you built this custom theme. Great work. We're starting an experts program. Would you like to be a part of it? And I was like, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah, and then now, you know, years later. All we do is Shopify, live, eat, breathe it because of that partner program, that experts program, and the outreach on his part. And that's why yeah. you know, I'm a, like, you know, when designers, developers talk to me like, oh, should I do Shopify? I'm like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like, like, yeah. They just support you so well. Dan uh, Dan was one of the, I think, well, he started the partner program um, and, and certainly experts. Um, when I joined the team three and a half years ago, I think, uh, what we call the platform team, that's the team that the, the partners element comes under. I think it was about four or five people, and it must be, um, well, we're having to find new ways of of dialing in for our weekly sort of meetings because um, there's more people remote, there's more people in the team. Um, we can't use Hangouts anymore. I think we've uh, we've maxed that out. So <laughs> yeah, it must the be Hangouts, like 40, I think it's like limited to 10 people. Yeah, it's like 40 or 50 people now. Um, there's me in the UK, there's people in the States, Mexico, India. Please tell me uh, there's like some really amazing Slack channel that you all hang out in. Uh, there's there's about fifteen of them, yeah. Oh, <laughs> big, big Slack fans. I love Slack. I, any time, any chance I can plug Slack, I just do it because I love it. So here's the thing, though, Kurt. Why do you think Slack? I mean, it's, the technology is great and the, the experience is great, but why do you think that it's? Um, I mean, we used to use something called FlowDoc, um, but it never quite caught on in the same way. But I mean, the underlying technology is very, very similar. So yeah, why do you I, think Slack's captured the imagination? You're right. Like the concept of Slack, there's nothing. It is no different than IRC twenty years ago. But what's so what's made it explode, I think, is two things. Um, it launched like by the time I saw it, which was I think pretty early on, it was already cross-platform. So it mm. worked exactly the same on iOS, Android, uh, Windows, and Mac, and then web. So like no matter what, you could use it natively and perfectly. So and you know normally I'm like you know screw native apps, do just do websites. In this case having all these native apps plus the web and having them be good and coherent helped so everyone gets the same experience. And then on top of it, they put a lot of effort into onboarding and Slack mm. is like cute and fun. Like it's got, you know, the Giphy integration, you know, you type slash Giphy and you just get in fun animated GIF. Like it's just hard to not have fun with Slack. And then on top of it, it just works perfectly everywhere. And it's no, more I, or less free. Yeah, no, I agree. The, um, I don't know if you ever read release notes, but uh, it's not something I do regularly, but um, their release notes for the iOS apps are often some of the funniest you'll read. They're very, very amusing. I actually can... do. I check release notes because I love when developers show their personality in those release notes. Yeah, they've, they've definitely put, one of them. Yeah, they definitely thought a lot about it. And they do cool socks. I don't know if you've seen the Slack socks. They're very cool. <laughs> no, but I, I <laughs> my sock a link for the show is out of control. I'm going <laughs> to... I'm putting that down. Slack mm. socks. Um, <laughs> okay. So you're a big, um, you have a bit, you told me, and in, in your wonderful, wonderful British way that you have a bit of a bee in your bonnet about people not giving side projects the respect they deserve. Yeah, I think it's more about how, um, you know, this, I think often people in our industry have this thing about you have to, you know, go large or, or not at all, you know, and right. it's not going to be the thing that's going to make you, you know, the money that you require to sort of function, then it's kind of not worth doing. And I, I, and I get kind of where they're going with that. I respect that idea of say no to things that aren't your primary goal. I get that. Yeah, exactly. Um, me too. But I think there's, 
what often happens, um, certainly in my, for want of a better phrase, uh, career uh, path, um, you know, these things that you do, these little projects that you create, these things that you get involved in, whether they make you money or not. And I think often the most fun side projects are the one where you take the money equation out of it. Um, and you, you do it because it's something fun. It's something that can, you know, take you away from that, the daily sort of things that you focus on. Um, you know, good things happen as a result of them. I can certainly speak um, to sort of two or three projects that open doors that I didn't know um, sort of existed. And, and in many ways, some of the things that I've done kind of led uh, to people at Shopify hearing about, um, you know, me and the things that I've done. And that's one of the and ways that I've got hold of them. Was, um, you had a podcast, I know, I remember seeing that. Yeah, well, um, and you do a lot of guest. You had did or do a lot of guest writing. Yeah, so um, years ago, I uh, did a, a podcast um, called. Well, there was three of us uh, called uh, Think Vitamin Podcast, which or Think Vitamin Radio actually, which uh, was uh, sort of the audio version of the website. Um, it's now defunct. It, I ended up actually getting. Um, rolled into what is now Treehouse, Team Treehouse. Um, so that was interesting. We, we we had a sort of three-person podcast, and that kind of uh, got, you know, opened a few doors. People started hearing about it, and you'd go to a conference, and people would recognize your voice. It's actually quite strange. I don't know if you've had this yet, um, where you'll, you'll be on a stand, or you'll be, you'll be talking to someone at a conference, and, and they sort of give you a strange look, and they realize that they recognize your voice. <laughs> and they go, it's you happened... Um... <laughs> Well, I did a lot of guest podcasting. So yeah, at conferences, yeah. It, is, it is a surreal experience when people recognize me, realizing that I've like, within uh, a few tiny circles, I have achieved minor celebrity status is one of the strangest and most fantastic things. Um, and, uh, you know, when people call like client, potential clients call me on the phone, they'll often be like, oh, it's kind of weird to talk to you. I feel like I already know you from the podcast. Yeah, exactly. It's um, yeah, it's very funny. I just often worry that the the, the visual representation of me doesn't marry up to the voice, but um, you know that's another <laughs> story. But um, but yeah, I think uh, podcasting, guest writing, um, I've you know I think that can open open a lot of doors. But um, yeah, I think in terms of some of the projects that um, have sort of become um, sort of door openers or, or were fun, I um, for about three years run a. a I guess a side business, quote unquote, with a friend of mine, uh, Elliot J. Stocks, uh, who's now at uh, Typekit. And we did um, a sort of a, a number of publishing projects as well as small events. And that was very, very interesting, um, principally because the lessons learned doing um, publishing, print, uh, distribution were all things that have actually played really nicely into the job that I do now because, you know, we all know that shipping isn't easy if you've ever tried it. We know that kind of managing inventory isn't easy if you've ever tried it. And so in a weird kind of way, all those learning experiences now help me in, in the day job, um, talking with people uh, like yourselves, designers, uh, who are maybe going into the Shopify world and, you know, you can sort of share those experiences, some of the problems that clients may have down the line. So, um, yeah, they've all, they've all been sort of great learning experiences. And, yes, some have made money and some have lost money and some have uh, had no intention of making money. But I think they're, um, they're very worthwhile if you have the time and inclination. So, yeah, absolutely. Like, so what we really have established is, you know, don't disrespect side projects. And the reason to have one you know, isn't necessarily, like for me, we like them as, you know, and in the context of our, our agency business, you know, we liked launching little microsites um, as a palate cleanser between projects. You know, when you get to do, mm. when you get to use the skills, the talents that you're great at for yourself, um, that's a very different experience than doing it for a client. And both are great in different ways. 
um, you know, one's for the money, but the other one is for like, I don't know, uh, a spiritual outlet, you know, kind mm. of, um, but some of them, you know, like I've probably like, if just picking a number out of the air, 30 or 40 side projects in the last five years is what I've done, but some of them wow. do very well. You know, this podcast is one, um, I have a, uh, a quick like ebook, um, that I sold quite a bit of, um, and, you know, famously, for myself, I made this website, rainycafe.com, that just plays the sound of rain and the sound of cafe. And I made, <laughs> like, I picked my favorite loops that were Creative Commons licensed and or clips of rain in a cafe and made them loops. And I made it for myself, really. And then literally two days later, it was on Lifehacker, and the traffic took our server down. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so and then I put AdSense on it, and it, like, more than... Um, covers the cost of our hosting bills. So it's like, okay, that was a side project I made for me that gave me, you know, a bit of this minor minor celebrity status and um, then paid our, our hosting bills. Or, you know, my business partner here made, um, he essentially recently found out he is credited with um, the advent of the advice animal meme because he created calmingmanatee.com. <laughs> and I like, I distinctly remember that afternoon and like writing a few taglines for calming manatees and then like it just became this huge deal later um mm. but all those are because they were side projects we had zero intention of monetizing it and we just didn't overthink it i think that's what like what makes it a side project versus a regular project and i think it's the the just ship it attitude yeah exactly i think um it i think what you you said there really struck home where you said that it was the uh, palate cleanser and it's the opportunity to do things that maybe don't adhere, you know, to the nth degree of best practice. You just want to get it out. It doesn't, it's not going to work in every browser. It, uh, it's not going to work on every screen size. It's just a way of sort of scratching that itch and exactly. putting, yeah, putting they, it out they there. They scratch an itch. Yeah. You and know, I think, they um, all, they, and they, I think the critical thing is they have to be quick. Like a side project is not a 12 month ordeal. Well, it's funny you say that, but one of the projects that we did was it did turn into twelve uh, a twelve month project from start <laughs> to finish. Um, but uh, we ended up producing a sort of two hundred and fifty six page printed book in in a beautiful case, and uh, sort of uh, had to implement all the the technology around getting it into people's hands via you know digital means and sort of physical means. So yeah, it did. Um, Are you talking about grow? Uh, no, this was a book called Insights. Uh, oh. Uh, um, insights uh, i-n-s-i-t-e-s which was uh, sort of 20 interviews with people in the web design development industry who basically talking about how they got started and we released that about uh, just over three years ago and we printed 2,000 physical copies of it and um, we sold most of them so um, yeah that cool. was real it was a real experience and um, yeah I so say that was one of the things that I think we learned so much from because we we didn't Kickstarter it. We very much wanted to sort of uh, do it do it ourselves and make it a commercial. So it was always commercial in a sense. It needed to buy back the time and the opportunity cost of spending. It wasn't every day, but but it took a year pretty much from start to finish. Hmm. And so we sought partnerships uh, for that. So we had a publishing partner. We also um, opened it up so that the uh, each interview could kind of have a little sort of interview partner as well which was great when you have 20 interviews and we've sold the first six slots and we're thinking well 14 more how hard could it be it actually turns <laughs> out to be quite quite difficult and <laughs> it's getting towards the end like well if we get to 15 we can we can use five ourselves. it'll be fine but in the end we managed to um partner up each interview so uh, so that was fun and uh, then we did things like a launch book party and things like that so it was, it was a, a really interesting um 
experience. So yes, it goes it goes very much against what you said there, which was quick. It was uh, it was well at the same time. You know, sober. yeah, I would encourage like for a side project, I'd encourage anyone to to minimum viable product, make it like you know cut corners, make it half assed, just get it out the door, just fucking ship it. Um, and, very good link there. <laughs> so you know, just because you don't want to lose momentum. And the reason people don't do stuff is they make excuses as to why they can't because it's hard. And really, like, with a side project, it's, okay, make it as easy on yourself as possible so that you'll just do it. Um, and in your case, it worked. Um, but with a side project, the whole point, I think, really is to not care if it's going to work or not. You know, I've shipped so many side projects. Most didn't work. All were lessons learned. But, so, like, the ones that did work were great. Like, I'm talking to you now because of side projects. I think as well, technology makes it so simple these days as well. I mean, that's you, a really you, good you point. Know, I just you, talked you nailed to, it there um, with Paul Jarvis, and he said, "Like that's I, that's probably rattling around in my head." Paul Jarvis was like, "We're, you know, we have all the tools. Like, you want to sell a product, Shopify. You want to move a digital product in literally like ninety seconds, Gumroad. Uh, start a podcast, Simplecast. Like, there's all these tools out there where you really don't have excuses anymore as to why you can't do things." No, that's so true. I mean, for the price of, I mean, in what, American dollars, $100, $150, you're going to get a really top-end USB microphone. Oh, absolutely. Uh, all, of the, all of the editing software is open source. Yeah, Audacity um, is free. And, and you know, you have these ways, even if you use something like Simplecast or you put it on S3, I mean, it, it, it's you can minimal. Also, you can, I think you could just put it on SoundCloud for free and then just yeah, submit it to right. iTunes. And and it's just it's just crazy. The barriers to entry to actually putting out uh, media these days is, is is ridiculous. I found something the other day. I mean, if you're thinking about doing um, just like a, an online book, I, I don't know if you've seen it, but like, um, uh, which of course you are. But have you seen Git book? No. Is it G I T or G E T? Yeah, G I T, as in uh, Git. Um, I just looking around, and basically it allows you to uh, link up a repository. You have all your um, your book in Markdown and uses webhooks and it pushes it to the service and suddenly creates a mobile friendly kind of online version of the book, but then also turns it into a PDF, .mobi and EPUB. And it's free. I mean, this is ridiculous. And it also allows you to take payments and donations. (laughs) I'm like, this is incredible. Um, That is cool. Yeah. I mean, like if, like with something like that, I mean, that's everything you need. I mean, it just, it's so easy to do this stuff now. It's so worth it to do a side project. Um, and once you get like the taste of it, oh my God, is it inspiring? Like, you know, the first time you're like, no one's going to care. And you have to have that attitude is like, just assume that it's going to fail and not care. And then when it is like, you get any success, it's just so amazing. I think we all care deep down though, don't we? Cause you do invest you, yeah, in Yeah, you have to care, but you still like, it's the, the fear of failure, I think is what stops us. It's why we make excuses for ourselves. Yeah, I think so. And it's also, I, th- I think there's a lot around, well, someone's already done it or someone's you know, oh, I've heard so-and-so is doing something similar and it's going to be better. And I just think... I used really to do that just, to myself too, yeah. And, and who's to say that your your view isn't going to, you know, be the one that resonates with someone? I liken it to, especially it's like with media, writing, podcasting. You know, we I've had some some great fun doing podcasting um literally just sort of chewing the fat with my friend kieran we did one for about uh, we got up to 38 episodes and uh, we've just uh, kind of got out of the habit but hope to get back into it and it's just you know the, the the barrier to entry there was just a bit of s3 hosting and 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 you know uh doing a website and things like that but um but yeah it's it's just the fun of it you know there are better podcasts than that but people listen to it and yeah, you know, I would. About, yeah, you should never 
someone's always going to be better than you. Like, just get that out of your head and forget it. The way I look at it is like, you know, a lot of people are like, well, someone else did it and they did it better. No, no, no. That just means they validated your idea for you. That means you should go yeah. do it. But the other thing I've learned as well is like if um, many, many years ago when I was starting out learning sort of web technology, HTML, CSS, JavaScript, those kind of things, you'd go into the bookstore and you'd see that shelf and there'd be like 10 books on JavaScript or 10 books on CSS. And you'd pick up one or, or, or particularly with PHP, you pick up one and you'd read it and you think, oh, I just don't get that. And you pick up another and it, the way that the person wrote just resonated more. So even though the topic's exactly the same, you're always going to prefer one over the other. So I think that's why there's room for everyone, right? You can you can do a podcast talking about uh, side projects. Someone else can do it, but this one will resonate because the way that you talk is maybe more familiar to the person who's listening. And so I think, you know, never don't do something for fear of someone doing it better um, because, as you rightly say, I don't think you'd ever do anything if that were the case. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, I think everyone is is afraid. And it's like, I think side projects are just a really, they're a low barrier, low effort way to not be afraid anymore and just push things out the door. Um, and really like Shopify is a great, you know, of those, like we live in a great democratic, democratic age of technology where we have all these tools, like so many of them are even free. Um, most are inexpensive that let you do all this creation. Um, and of course, and Shopify is one of those. Like, you want to sell a product, whether it's physical or digital, um, or even a recurring service. Like, you could do all of those things in Shopify, um, you know, for less than thirty dollars a month. Yeah, it still amazes me um, when you meet people who who sort of say, "Oh, I can't," you know, they have, they have a bricks and mortar store and they want to go online, but they can't afford thirty dollars. And you're just like, "Oh my goodness," you know, I've been around long enough to realize that that's an absolute steal. Um, you know, when you think about what that actually represents a month, it's, uh, you know, cliche, but it's a few trips to the coffee shop. It's, uh, and not many at that. So yeah. yeah, it's almost technology has taken away that, um, I can't do it because of the technology, <laughs> you know, it's too difficult. It really isn't, is it? It's, um, and the beauty of it is you can rip these up and you can take them down and you've spent, you know, under a hundred dollars. It's, um, if it doesn't work, you can change it or you can, you know, re repurpose the shop and, and do something else. So yeah. Yeah. You can um, yeah. You're always just revising, iterating. And cause the whole point is of any side project, I think ultimately is it's a learning experience. It's what did you figure out? What do you know now that you didn't before? And then well, what are you going to do next? Yeah. So what do you think are the biggest sort of lessons that you've learned in your side projects? Just to throw it back to the host. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think number one is, um, is, is fuck it, chip it. Like, um, there's a great book and I use that language because, um, I read this wonderful book by Amy Hoy, who I was lucky enough to meet, um, at double your freelancing conference. And she wrote mm, this book great. called, um, just fucking ship. You know, and she has a version of it with all the swears taken out, if you would prefer it. <laughs> um, <laughs> really? but, the, but JFS, um, that book is really, essentially, it's like a manifesto. It's very, you know, the thing I got out of it is it's incredibly inspirational. And it's really just about like, stop worrying about all this stuff, change your mindset, and just go make a thing, get it out the door. Um, and mm. one clever way, one clever um, idea is put up rather than like worry about making, you know, write Let's say you want to write a book and it's like 20,000 words. Don't worry about writing the 20,000 words of the book, go pre-sell it and set a date 60 days from now as the launch. And then as you've got the money coming in, now you have the pressure to write the book. Like you've wow. made a deadline for you. You know, part of the problem is when you're your own boss, 
and it's in the book, you know, it's this carrot and stick thing, like through school with your parents as a kid. And then like when you have a boss is there's always a carrot, like there's always something spurring you on. Whereas when you're doing it for yourself, you don't have that pressure anymore. And that's why a lot of side projects fizzle out. So her solution was, you know, go pre-sell things. Um, and then now suddenly, instead of release date on it, now suddenly you have that pressure to do it. Yeah, I don't know if you ever listened to the Sean Sean Wes podcast, but he he, he talks uh, a lot about goal. this. Oh yeah, he's got a few. But um, I've listened the, to Lambo Goal, and uh, I've ex- interacted with Sean a little bit on Twitter, um, and, and I I kind of love him. His attitude yeah. is is great. Um, I've used some of his email templates that he shared. He's wonderful. Yeah, he's he's highly prolific. It's kind of scary, but um, so you should never measure yourself against him because he's just. <laughs> But his thing, like his, all his success started with a side project, right? Yeah, exactly, right. And 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 one of the things um, he talks about in some of his podcasts is this kind of accountability partner. So, like, if you actually say to someone, whether it be, you know, say we were in the same city and we met every week for coffee, you, I could say, look, uh, I'm I'm going to do this by this date, and you could, you know, because I've told you, uh, and you're going to tell me off, and you know, if I haven't done it, it makes you feel like you should do it. You know, it's well, that, that's where having I, a mastermind to, group is great. Yeah, and these are something I've only really come across through. Um, it's not very. It's maybe it goes by a different name over here, but it's not something I've really. Uh, I certainly haven't been part of, but it sounds like a fascinating experience. Um, I hate the name mastermind group. Like, yeah. it's such. It sounds silly. It has negative connotations because it's at like so internet like sleazy internet marketers used mastermind groups, but really it's just like for um you know for us I'm in one um and Nick D wrote a great article I'll link to it in the show notes um about creating a community in slack and that's our mastermind group you know it's like 10 people mm-hmm. we're in a slack channel and twice a month we meet to google hangout to talk but having a mastermind group like it's all people and all doing all different things but they have a common goal you know and our common goal was productized consulting mm. and it's very quickly like you know we've all together evolved and now we're all working on info products and that's just been a tremendous experience but a lot of it like there's two parts to it, you know, having someone to talk to so you're not alone, but also the accountability is so important yeah. to keep you. Yeah, I agree. I, I think um, it's, I think that's why sometimes when you do these uh, side projects, for want of a better phrase, with with someone. So there's two of you. Um, as long as you've both got that common goal, it can work really, really well. If you, if you're with someone who's maybe not as into it as you, then that can cause its own problems. Yeah, because yeah, I think you feel um, like taking it. If one person's doing more work, then you feel taken advantage of. But no, yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it brings you along and you become it, the two of you working on it together. You know, you can share those little wins, those little successes along the way. And then it just allows you to sort of, you know, build momentum and sort of get to the finish line. I think, um, yeah, there's a lot to be said for sort of working on these things together as well. Yeah. Well, and so case in point, like you did um, the Shopify Grow Book, which is a book for, you know, digital agencies um, who want to mm. make more money. Right. Like it's a fantastic, yeah. fantastic thing. Um but that was, you know, a whole bunch of people contributed. It was co-authored. I was one of the contributors. Um, mm. But having that, you know, uh, greater, like there's a deadline there. There's other people counting on you. Like there was no way I was going to miss the deadline on that. Versus if I was doing it on my own, I can always be like, well, I'll do it later. You know, that's, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Yeah, to your point, like it, you need to build, unless it's like a project you could do in one day and you're just going to do it. You need to think about having some kind of accountability built in there. Yeah, I think it, it all goes back to deadlines, really, doesn't it? Whether it be you know sh- uh, shipping your own side project or or you know in the day job, it's like it's being okay and being comfortable with the idea that what you're going to deliver 
could be better, but that's just always going to be the way. So well, I think and once that's you what's great that, about <laughs> digital goods. Like anything digital, you can revise it and fix it. Like if I was making a physical product, once it's made, that's the end of it. You know, until I make it's version a blessing. two. It's a blessing and a curse, of course, because um, when you when I mean, it's so funny when we did the book project um, three years ago. We proofed it. We got other people to proof it, and I remember coming up, um, bumping into one of the guys that we interviewed um, at an event in in uh, New York, and he's like, and we also <laughs> I should say that we we sent the copies of all of the interviews for the actual people to check as well, um, but people are busy; they don't always um, you know do what you ask in that respect. But he was like, yeah, who's that Russian guy that you referred to in my article? And I was like, what do you mean? And we we <laughs> went. I was like, I've, what did he say? Yeah, some Russian name, something. I was like, no idea what you're talking about. And anyway, we went back, <laughs> and there was this random Russian sounding name, it sort of should have been somebody else. And I was like, how do oh, we get that geez. through? You know, it's like you cannot change it, and. So so it's there <laughs> for anyone who's got the book and happens to be listening to this. Um, yeah, they, they may well have spotted it or they may have glossed over it, but it's just like you're looking at it and all you see on the page is, but, but, but in a, in a way that's nice, right? It's, it's done and, and you, it's there. It's a physical thing. You can move on. You, you can't keep tweaking it. And there's something very yeah, nice you about can, that. I was, so I'm redesigning my personal website. Um, and my, my fiance was like, she was like, you're obsessing. Like it's, she's like, it's great. It's not going to get any better by you poking at it. So just stop. <laughs> and she was I, right. I, I think our audience though, it's often, you have, you know, how many times have you seen, um, uh, people just a new site launches and they're like in, in the code inspector they're they're checking the source and it's like you know you've not read the copy we're just all so obsessed on the way things are built and yeah I think, well yeah uh, i've had clients like that and i <laughs> like i learned quickly to recognize that and be like all right so i'll you know i tell them like we can always change this let i say like let's see how this does for uh 30 days and then yeah. revise but until we have that 30 days of data we're just we're reading tea leaves and that's exactly. people like when you phrase it like that people seem to get it but no, like, like when that. it's your baby, it's very hard to not obsess over it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I have, yeah, uh, you are right. I've got, unfortunately, I have another call in two minutes because this is really fun. Oh. Um, so uh, where could people go to get, uh, I know you have a, do you have a newsletter? Uh, where can people go to learn more about Keir Whitaker? Oh, um, <laughs> good question. Uh, just my personal website, keirwhitaker.com. Okay. Uh, I post a whole bunch of links on design, e-commerce, travel, remote working um, pretty regularly. Um, I have a newsletter sign up. It's something that's uh, on my agenda. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, in the show notes, I've actually, I already wrote the show notes. Um, I linked to it. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's happening. But, yeah. I'm um, just refining and honing the, uh, the, the reason for doing it. Um, but yeah, um, but if yeah, you can find out more about... Um, the, some of the articles I've written or some of the sort of workshops I've given, uh, that's all on there. But um, also contribute regularly to the partner blog. So shopify.com slash partners slash blog. Um, yeah. And so and Twitter, of course, just yes. like Kiwitka. Wonderful. And okay. The twits. Um, that, is <laughs> that is a great place to wrap it up. Thank you very much, Kier, for joining us. Um, a real pleasure. Anyone's out there and who's go, you know, inspired is going to launch a, a side project as a result of this, let me know. I'd love to hear about it. Oh, me too. Absolutely. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. 
If you're looking for more high-quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.